this are about is a chance to uh, get together and share your own wisdom around your tables rather than uh, just hearing from things up front. And today I want to do a follow-up. In November, I did a series of workshops on loving enemies in a time of polarization. Have you, have you noticed maybe that things are fairly polarized these days? Anyone? Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about that and I was thinking how much we are aware of that because it feels more polarized than it used to be a few years back. But I was thinking also, like back two, three hundred years ago, things were also polarized and people would kill each other when they were polarized. You know, lots of those religious words in Europe and things like that. So I'm glad we're mostly not doing that. Um, you know, of course, of course, they are doing it in places like Gaza and Ukraine, but that's about a lot more than polarization going on in those places. But we go through these seasons as societies where uh, things get more and things get less polarized. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about, if, if you were there for the workshop, I'm not going to get all uh, repetitive and say the same kind of things again. In fact, I'm not going to talk much at all again because I want you to be doing the, the talking around the tables. But I do want to introduce one main idea related to why I think it's important for us to overcome uh, some of the barriers that happen, some of the things that uh, keep the polarization growing and spiraling instead of reversing it. And this is what I feel like the dilemma is. I think we live in an age of incredibly rapid change and lots of things that matter to us feel like they're, they're being threatened. Uh, some of these things, uh, like our planet, you know, are pretty huge. Uh, but we also uh, tend to be, you know, caring about people in different pockets of society that are being hurt, whether near or far. So there's a lot of things that we that we care about, and so we have these passions, we have these strong feelings that are engaged, and we get a little inflamed inside when we hear people uh, sharing their opinions that feel quite different than what we like, and it, it's. The very fact that there are these things that actually do matter that we're passionate about, that makes it all the more important that we don't separate from other people because we really have to be finding these solutions together. We're not going to find them by rejecting, you know, half of the population and saying they're all crazy. So the dilemma is we, we need each other even during this time when, when the realities of life are creating all these polarizing passions. About stuff. But I think we, we need each other because it's out of good relationships with people who feel really differently about stuff that the ideas are going to emerge that are going to get us through. So we're not going to get there by forming the best arguments. Have you, have you realized that good arguments most of the time don't work? Anyone? Yeah. You've had some good arguments that haven't worked before? It happens, maybe especially on social media, but even face-to-face, -face, even with good relationships, right? It's, it's not about the arguments, because the entrenched feelings that we have tend to be about belonging to people that we feel at least sort of belong to and sign up to. So how do we create really quality relationships with diverse people, people who feel very differently about things? so that we can actually genuinely all learn from each other. Do you feel a little bit of that resistance in you about genuinely learning from each other? 
it's hard to even really want that sometimes, right? To really want to genuinely learn from the people who are feeling really, really differently um, than us. But when I use the term loving enemies, this morning I don't want you to think about, uh, you know, people who are far away. You know, I don't want you to think of uh, either the Israelis or the Palestinians. I don't want you to think about the Russians or the Ukrainians. I want you to think about people like family members, neighbors, co-workers, uh, social media acquaintances that you haven't unfriended yet. People like this who are feeling very differently than you about a bunch of different issues that are going on in the, in the world today. So that's what, who I'd invite you to have in mind. I also just want to say a little bit about how this connects to our own personal history. Those of you who've been around for a while know that uh, a few years back we were a part of a group called the Vineyard, a movement that was around the world, but particularly in North America. And um, in 2020, almost literally exactly the time the pandemic hit, I don't think they're related. <laughs> Are you sure? Um, we got kicked out of the vineyard, and we got kicked out of the vineyard because we deliberately chose to uh, have uh, an affirming stance toward LGBTQ folks to be supportive of same-sex marriages, and uh, they did not want us to do that. Um, but in advance of being kicked out, there are some people who said, like, shouldn't we just like walk away? Shouldn't we just leave because we're different? We very deliberately did not want to do that because we wanted to say we want to stay in a relationship as long as you're willing to engage in a conversation with us. And, and at a certain point, sometimes you're just no longer able to do that um, when you're asked to leave. But, um, but that's, it's because of the same kind of thing that we're talking about today that it was important for us to be asked to leave rather than to just walk away because we didn't want to do that while we were still able to have good conversations and, and hang out with people who are different. And I still regret, you know, some of the relationships that have been hard to maintain since that time because we don't have some of those meetings and stuff to, to go to. And of course, some of them are still hang up with online. And, and a lot of them are still struggling with all kinds of things too. But, um, anyway, so I just wanted to give the relevance of that to some of our own personal history. But this is my primary invitation for all of us today. I'm inviting us to believe that the most important thing that we can do for the sake of our passions is to love those family members, those co-workers, etc., who feel very differently from us, and to dive into quality relationship with them, to eat with them, drink with them, in moderation, work with them, joke with them, listen to them, and love them. And the point of all that is not to manipulatively change their minds and win them over. The point of this is trusting that what will emerge from good relationships are that love and relationship will change us all in the right direction. That's, that's the invitation that I'd like to have for us this morning to believe it. I also want to uh, make clear that I am not especially good at this. Like Most of the people that I hang out with most of the time feel relatively similar to me about a lot of things. It's hard to make this effort to deliberately spend time and build a relationship across some of these barriers. So I just want to be clear that I am not remotely great at this. So I want us, uh, during two different times, to have some chances to talk about questions around your tables. Oh. Uh...
I can, I can drink with it. Just one. Or maybe one or two. <coughs> So as you chat about these things around the table, I want you to think about what comes to mind for you. I also want us to remember a couple things at the table. Please remember that your main focus around the table is to invite some of the others around there with you to share their views on things and secondarily to share some of your own thoughts, okay? So sometimes it's easy if it just feels a little quiet for a minute to just, you know, keep going. But use that as a chance to invite someone to say, how about, how about you, is anything like this, uh, you know, ring a bell for you in, in your life, okay? So try to, uh, try to make it a, a chance for everyone to participate. So here are the first two questions that I'd like you, I'll, I'll read them for you and then you can uh, look at them at around your own table. So, and you can mix the two together, don't do one first and then the other, you can, you can dive in and respond to both of these questions at the same time. First question is, in the last five years, what has happened to your relationships with people who disagree with you on the issues of the day? So what, what have you noticed, what, what has happened to these relationships over the last five years? The second question, where do you still have the most contact or the most opportunity to keep relating to people with different ways of seeing the world? Where do you, where do you see that still you still have doors open uh, to keep relating to people who think differently? Okay? So, two questions. What are the, the last five years, what have you noticed has been happening in terms of relationships for you? And the second thing is, where do you have the most opportunity, the most contact that still exists? Okay? So share some of your thoughts on those two questions in the next five minutes. Maybe. Okay, just let that draw to a close, please. Oh, thanks. Wow. Where are we being hurt? Um, so it does sound like most of us have uh, some place where we've related to um, the effect of this in the last few years and some of the changes that have come. Now what I'd like you to think about is with the people that you, that you can't just easily avoid, because almost certainly some of us have lost uh, a few people from our friendship circles uh, online or, or in person, but there's some folks that we uh, don't easily lose that way, like family members, like co-workers. But many of us have found that it feels better to engage well by avoiding loaded subjects in order to keep those relationships working. So uh, with that in mind, if you've done that, the, the first of the next set of questions, how do, you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the fact that you needed to avoid some subject areas in order to keep those relationships okay? Has that felt like it helped and it's, it's actually a good thing to do? Or have you felt guilty about it? Or both at the same time, like it did help? Maybe it's the right thing, but you still feel guilty about it that you can't do it. So talk about that for a few minutes around the, the table, uh, how you've experienced that. And then what I'd like us to do is to start uh, still around your tables, uh, sharing stories about how building a relationship or staying in a relationship helps something good to emerge where you've 
maybe learn something from someone that would have been easier to ignore, but you chose to hang in there and, and be in a relationship with them, and, and you felt like, oh, I, I did grow to understand something in a new way that was helpful for me to, to hear. So I hope we can have a few of those kind of stories that we'll share with the larger group, but first around the tables. So first start with question number one this time. Say what it's been like if you've had to avoid topics in order to stay in relationship with family or coworkers, and, uh, and how you felt about that, whether it seemed right or not. And then uh, start to share stories where you might have learned something or you know someone else learned something by hanging in there with people that felt very differently than, than they did. Okay? A little bit more time, probably 10 minutes this time. Well, <laughs> we took a good 10 minutes last time too. <laughs> Okay, let's wind down the last story. And I'm hoping we have some examples this morning of people who had uh, times when they hung in their own relationships with people who feel very differently from them, and they managed to hear something new or learn something that was important for them. Uh, anyone have a story like that that you're willing to share for the new with the larger group? Sorry, like what? Sorry? Tell them. Sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, like a story like in number two, like a story where you learn something by hanging in there with people who, uh, who think very differently than you do, but you still manage to learn something anyway. No, we don't have our enemies here. <laughs> but one thing that, that uh, I don't know if this is pertinent, but one thing that was mentioned here is that the term enemies is in itself uh, polarizing because it's people we have disagreements with, it's people we, are, we have challenging relationships maybe on the level of understanding world events and stuff like that, you know, so maybe yeah. the term enemies, I don't know if it's translated from the Aramaic. <laughs> I'm sure it is originally, but uh, I mean, in, in a way, we start off with them feeling like enemies, but the point is to transform them Animosity. into something different. And to transform ourselves. So that yeah, I'm sorry, and transform the relationship into something where they don't feel like thank you. <laughs> I think with duct tape over your mouth, you can be done. <laughs> sorry, Jess. So how about learning something from those frenemies, the folks who have felt different from us? Anyone have an example? I'll start us off if you want. I didn't know you'd all be so shy, but this was one of the ones that stuck out for me. It was during the, uh, kind of the peak of the battles about vaccine, when people were, were getting quite polarized about that. And there was one social media friend I had who um, was very vehement and it would get tangled into, you know, big conspiracy theories and so on. And I just wanted to hang in there with her and, and continue dialoguing. And the one thing that helped us get to a better space for a while at least 
was, she said, I just don't see how you can trust all of these corporations who are just out to make a buck off of us. And I went, oh, I'm with you on that. Like, I do not trust corporations. Like, none of my feelings about this are because I trust corporations. But it made me realize how much, like, a pretty similar passionate motivation we shared. And, and that was, for her, that led to this way of thinking. Whereas, for me, it, you know, it didn't. But we could realize, like, 100% we have to agree, we have to work together at not letting corporations rule our lives. I'm, I really agree with you on that. Uh, and that really um, helped our dialogue for, for some time. Any, you know, else? My, my brother had a good, I just shared a story about, we have a family chat, mm -hmm. there's five of us kids, my parents on uh, Messenger, whatever. And during the pandemic, uh, my mom was, I, I mean, I think she was afraid, um, but she would probably try to be denying that fear because that would be sinful to be fearful and need to trust and blah, blah, anyhow. But uh, sending all these like videos, anti-vax videos and what it's going to do to you and kind of over and over again. And then even though we have quite different views in us five kids, um, even, you know, someone that I would think maybe would be more towards my mom's thinking, my sister, one of my sisters said, Mom, like, I'm just trying to survive. Um, Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and so we're, it kind of seemed like a whole group thing, like, yeah, please keep that out of this group chat, like, we're just trying to, you know, what's happening in your life? Keep yeah. it, like, avoiding, kind of. And relationally, did that and, go okay? Well, so, so she kept doing it. Or she did Or sending it to us separately or whatever. Anyway, and then my brother, one of my brothers was just like, I really think she feels like she doesn't have a voice and that she needs to be heard or she feels she needs to be heard. So I think he had some separate conversations with her and, and I did too and, and probably my other siblings, but... Yeah, I just thought that was compassionate and smart. Was, yeah, was trying to and probably coming from it as out of curiosity and yeah. compassion and yeah. what's going on, Mom? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Anyone else? I remember um, when I first started at SSU, like we had a pretty diverse student body, like. There were quite a few um, people who were pretty who quite on the liberal side, but then we also had a healthy population of um, mostly conservative Catholic students who had transferred from out west. And um, one of the students in particular, I had quite a few conversations about um, same-sex marriage, and I remember we were talking about like um, the whole issue with like a, an American cake decorator who refused to design a wedding cake for a same-sex wedding, and I remember like, you know, like being very like, like, no, I don't think that that's right. And the way that she framed it, like, which which definitely made me think was kind of like, well, but is it making a cake like a piece of art, right? And, and a piece of expression, and shouldn't somebody who's making a cake have the, you know, have the freedom to choose not to make art that doesn't um, resonate with what they believe and how they feel. And that definitely made me see like the, okay, this isn't about, you know, just not wanting um, couples to have cakes for their weddings. Like it's about, it's, it's more about, it's about a different thing. We don't have to agree, but right. the thing that was energizing her perspective was not just like prejudice. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
but there was actually a creative thing that a person felt complicated by yeah. this whole process. Yeah. 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 Jen, Jen. I have a like a coffee nook. It's like a L-shaped thing in my dining room. Look, I have all these little things there, and one of the things that I have, um, no, one thing, I, I wasn't going to say this, but I think, I think I can. A friend of mine a couple years ago said um, gave me a bumper sticker that said this is <laughs> there's a special place in hell for Republicans. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, one of the plaques that I have up there is, um, it says, um, um, love everyone, I'll take care of things later, God. And if we could just do that and stop the judgment, just let God take care of it. If God wants you to rot in hell because of A, B, and C. That's up to Him. It's not up to us. Right. So you felt like the first bumper sticker was a little judgy? It was judgy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, it's so hard because it infiltrates so many things. It's not just one or two things. It's, yeah. And I've said before, five, yeah. six, seven, immigration, yeah. so much. So yeah. many things. Um, yeah. Marriage and LBG, you know, the whole shebang. But if we could just let God take care of us, not, let, don't be so judgmental. <laughs> yeah, it is very hard to stop being judgmental. My goodness, it's hard. But, but I think if you feel, if you can connect with what the people are feeling, yeah. if you can see that they're motivated by fear, yeah. Or, yeah. then, you know, we're yeah. all there, right? Yeah. There. And it, not to put in a plug for my blog post, but I'll put in a plug for my blog post. <laughs> so, um, I, I did up a series of, of blog posts summarizing the workshops that we did back in November. So if anyone wants to follow through on, on some of these things, you're welcome to go look those up on our website. And exciting, we started a blog on the website, so you may not have heard that. So. Uh, we want to keep the, it used to be like 25 year old articles that were, <laughs> that were there. Uh, now it's going to be a fresh blog post with, with fresh content. And uh, so there's a series of blog posts there. And one of the things is, is asking the, the question when it starts feeling entrenched. Like what is it that really matters to you about this? Like what, what's your deepest concern and all this? So you get to some of those feelings, whether it's fears or or positive passions about something that make it. And then you might not always be able to articulate that. Yeah. I think of Rosie's mum, right? She might not be able to say, well, yeah. it's because I'm not being listened to. Or, yeah. Right. But mm. that's where we need to have the discernment to look beyond that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm also thinking, you know, the stories aren't flying off our tongues. So maybe we need to work a little harder, right? <laughs> maybe we need to do a little more listening to the people who are we're thinking quite differently and, and think of it as a challenge like what if you really listen if you try to draw out some of those feelings that are underneath the surface uh, what what could you learn uh, if you were able to listen and connect a little bit more so I hope that could be possible and uh, and if you do want follow-up you're welcome to check it out on that uh, that blog post but I really really am a believer in the fact that if we're going to get through this and start 
turning the spiral around to the place where we're depolarizing. It's, it's going to be because we're loving those who are on the other side of the fence from us on these kinds of issues. So I hope we can help, including myself, get, uh, get better at that. I'm delighted to see you all here. Glad you were all here for second breakfast. Um, this was the first time for this. It's something we do the second Sunday of every month. So, if you like that, we'll uh, we'll see you here for that. Otherwise, normal Sunday next week. And I don't think I've heard. Are there any storms coming this week? Is it possible? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how maybe we'd have a week without a storm. No, no, no. Okay. Just snow. It's okay. It's just snow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just snow. No 100 kilometer winds? What? What? Is that. Is that Nine centimeters? I think we can handle it. Okay. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go on, peace. Have a great week.